Hey guys, I don't know what was going on. We had to exit, but welcome to Quantum Witch Cafe. We had to exit and come back. Um, leave me a message in the chat if everything's okay on your end and you can see us or see me. Marco's not back yet, but um, can you guys hear me? Let's see. All right, so we're live now. I'm just making sure that, you know, um, it says it's recording and everything. So maybe I just had to, we had to exit and come back. Welcome hello, to, everyone. <laughs> hello. Um, and again, please send me a message and everything's okay on your end if you could hear me and everything. Um, that way we know that it's working. <laughs> it's all good on this end, so this is fine. Okay. Yeah, for sure. It's recording, so if you don't see it now. Okay, cool. So Julian says she could hear us. Awesome. Sorry about that, guys. StreamYard is never giving me issues. It did right now, but it was an easy fix. We just had to leave and come back. Easy. Thanks for your exactly. help, Marco. It's you know, uh, like whenever whenever something doesn't work, you just just reset it, right? Start right. Turn again. it off. Turn it on. Yeah. <laughs> so today, um, first of all, welcome to Quantum Witch Cafe, which is your safe place to talk about anything strange, UIP, fringe, uh, anything you want, really, and you know, UFOs, UIP, if you're fancy, all that stuff. You guys know my passion is great authors, and this year I'm incorporating more authors of the occult and other fringe topics. Last year was heavy on UFOs and UAP, but um, I hope to get a little more diversity this year. So with that being said, I have Marco Visconti on. He is the author of, oh, you're not gonna show. She doesn't wanna show her boobs, guys, but if you go to my story, um, we have the author of Alistair Crowley Manual, mm -hmm. and this is The Lemic Magic for Modern Times. It's a beautiful, hard-covered, thick book, and, it's gonna, and we're gonna have him tell you all about it. But before we do that, welcome, Marco. Thank you so much for taking your time out of the day to come hang out with us. Well, thank you for having me. It's, I, I love doing this this sort of uh, introductions to to magic, especially you know on stages where usually people don't listen, don't, don't know much about magic. So I'm very happy to be here. I'm very excited. Uh, do you want to tell people, give yourself a brief intro? I like the author to kind of tell people about themselves because I feel like it's. And means more coming from you because if i read it it's going to be from your bio and it's gonna be like blah 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 but if you tell people it has a little more heart to it of course uh, so um i was born in rome italy and uh, i spent most of my um my childhood and adolescence actually moving between uh italy and the united states my father was uh working there a lot so that's where i got my weird accent from a little bit of it's definitely not a british accent that's <laughs> like that even if right now i live in london uk and i've been living here for the last 10 years i've been interested in magic uh pretty much my entire life um as a child i was fascinated by mythology um but then again you know we would say well of course like you were born in rome like you got all the mythology there well i never really cared much for roman or greek mythology i was really much more into uh, egyptian and celtic mythology of all places so and all, 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 all things um that kind of led already led me you know on a path where i was already fascinated with with the strange with the you know i was let's say i was not much into football <laughs> i was much, i was much more into reading books and uh, and playing music and then eventually uh you know trying to see okay can can you actually do magic for real and that happened in the summer of 1990 when I was 12, and I just 
uh, found out about this strange character called Aleister Crowley in a comic book of all places. And, uh, you know, this guy was interesting to me because, um, as I said, I, I was um, born and bred in Rome. So, you know, Catholic country, kind of a um, very um, how was it, conservative kind of uh, environment. And I didn't like it. Uh, and the fact that there was this guy that was kind of like the wickedest man in the world, it kind of sounded cool to me. Uh, of course, you know, <laughs> in time, I didn't know that uh, you, you could have done many other things <laughs> and just still, you know, go against the grain. But that's that's the path that I guess chose me instead of me choosing the path. I don't know. Anyway, uh, long story short, I end up becoming a full-blown magician. I sought up initiations into various orders, various groups. Uh, by the time I was 18 and then 20. And then at the same time, I um, became a musician, uh, kind of like a decently successful musician in a very, very niche scene, which most of you might have not heard about, which is called Industrial EBM and Goth. And, you know, I played all, all, all over there. the world. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I was a little golf girl, so. <laughs> like, you know, like, I mean, like I said, I, I, was, I was kind of doing well, but in a very, very, very tiny scene that kind of doesn't really exist anymore. I mean, goth scene exists again, of course, but it's just like the kind, the, the specific kind of music I was making, which is, I don't know, Depeche Mode meets Prodigy meets Techno, uh, kind of existed for a while, but not really anymore. Um, and at the same time, I was also, you know, going through all my various initiations, trying to um, make sense of magic, make sense of what is called the great work. Uh, and, you know, many years later, I eventually ended up in London, where in the UK, where I am right now, and I've been living here for the last 10 years. And uh, I became very much involved in uh, the London Lodge of Ordo Templi Orientis, or OTL, which is uh, one of the magical orders that was um, that, that pretty much like uh, the, the OTO was not was not founded by Crowley, but Crowley became the figurehead of this order eventually. And for good part of the last decade, I was very much involved in it till something happened, uh, and that something happened. Uh, that, that something that happened was, in fact, the Charlotte uh, Charlottesville United Right rally. Uh, in 2017, where it turned out that a lot of my brethren in OTO were, uh, let's say, involved in very nefarious activities, right? I don't want to get political. I would not get political. But let's say that I could not bear being part of the same that order anymore. And uh, so I went solo, pretty much. I, I started organizing my own group here in London, which is still thriving. Then the pandemic hit, right? And uh, what happened there uh, is that I realized that uh, I I did have a tool that could help people, not maybe if not feeling better, but at least making sense of difficult times, which were shared by all of us, right? Uh, which was the, I mean, no matter your your beliefs or your ideas uh, regarding the, the pandemic, we were all locked down for a while. That's the reality of that. And so I realized that, you know, magic could help people to just, you know, find something to do. And, and, and that something to do was getting to know who they are better and getting to know what their strengths are and what how they could actually tap into those strengths in order to make sense of, of a crazy world, right? And so I organized uh, an online community, uh, which was actually quite successful because at the time we had at a peak of almost 300 people there. Um, it's very, very, very active. Uh, we had like a mass, quite a big like Discord server. Uh, we had like live streams, eventually like streams like this, but done you know privately. And uh, up until three times a week, I was there. 
teaching magic pretty much every night. Again, we didn't have any else to do, right? So that was the the the, the best thing I could um, I could do with my time. And you know, it's interesting because um, three years later, almost three years later now, if you think about it, um, a lot of those people who did that, um, you know, that went on that path with me they're still there in the community they became amazing magicians on their own terms uh, some of them went through very uh life-changing experiences and um, and i did with them you know my life is very different from what it was before this experience magic is about transformation if you know if you engage with magic and nothing happens uh, I, I hate to break it on you, but maybe you haven't done real magic. Your magic really means that you know you engage, you engage with transformation. It is alchemical in its um, core nature. Well, in order to you know to, to finish this this uh, like rambly introduction, I like to ramble a lot. So sorry about that. But to to finish that one, um, all from all the from all the experience of the online community, which is called Magic Without Tears. Um, the book came out like at some point uh, around a year ago. I found out that I had almost 300 pages of uh, of material that I read. You know, I, I already uh, wrote for uh, the uh, for the classes that I was that I was teaching. And then uh, um, one of the students of the course, actually of the course of the community, actually suggested me. Um, you know, why don't you edit it uh, and uh, present it to you know to the publisher? And so I did and. Here it is. We had it's it's now out. It exists. It has a beautiful uh, red cover, which you cannot miss. Right? It's there. In, it's very in your face. But yeah, I mean, this is this is what came out of it. Uh, and uh, to be fair, I, I'll, I'll be very honest with you. I'm very proud of it. Uh, it is a book that it's it, it's not written for for people that already uh, know about Crowley, know about Telemo, or even know about magic. Right? I think those people will find something interesting in it. But this book is written for the person doesn't know anything at all. And maybe they might even have some preconceptions about what it is, uh, uh, how you do it, is it good, is it bad? Uh, uh, and I'm really trying to, in this book, trying to deconstruct it, uh, try to speak in the most colloquial and simple language possible, possibly because you know English is not my mother tongue, so I kind of go very flowery with it. <laughs> and it, it wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't suit me really. But you know, like the idea was really like you know, uh, breaking it down, making it clear for everyone to understand it and also uh kind of setting some expectations um a lot of people i mean let's say we we went we went to a massive magical revival in the last decade right uh, i would say i've started seeing uh, uh like the signs of this revival right in 2008 so we're talking like 15 years ago and then you know the, the, the 2010s were like the boom of you know the return of the witchcraft, and then the boom of witch talk, uh, the boom of you know witch, witches of Instagram, all this thing that kind of brought a new blood in. Like I remembered in the 90s, the show Charmed did right, and then all the various uh, uh, movies that came out in the 90s like, kind of had that 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 yeah. the first thing that I remember. Right, I, I guess maybe you remember as well. I do, yeah. It was awesome. <laughs> it was absolutely. Um, and so, you know, uh, what I realized though that a lot of people kind of felt scared of like making the jump from what would seem a relatively simple practice. Witchcraft is not simple at all; it can be very, very complex and very engaging, in fact. But I somehow, you know, my uh, my 
type of magic always felt a little bit more obscure and a little bit more complex. And the reality there is that I, um, it's not right. Like if you break it down, if you if you tell people, you know, what to expect, how long they must stay uh, with this practice or that other practice, uh, everybody can do it, right? And I, in fact, I hope more people will do it because magic can change their lives for the best. So yeah, that's my little introduction. <laughs> no, and that answers my first question is like, how, why did you feel the need for the book? You know, um, it definitely reads, um, your humor comes through in it. And oh my mm -hmm. gosh, of course, one kid's crying now. Sorry, guys. <laughs> it's like, you were talking the whole time, didn't want to cry. Hey, we'll have to figure this out later, okay? My husband was supposed to be home, and he's not. So go hit him back, go hit him back. <laughs> this is real life, guys, I'm sorry. Um, I stay home with my kids and my husband was supposed to be here and he had to stay at work because of army stuff. So the army, I'm actually going to have a little bit, a little bit army of life. Yep. yep. <laughs> Just pretend it's a cat trying to get in. It'll be cute. Of course. Kidding, no. <laughs> That's horrible. But anyways, as I was saying, this book reads like, you know, a lesson, like you could go right into it, not knowing anything and get a lot from it. Um, what's interesting about it is I love how you break, you know, it into parts where you mm -hmm. give an assignment at the end. So a lot of these where you kind of read these books and you're like, now what? Now what do I do with all this information? You're not like left with any of that. So excuse no, no, me for one second. Of course, of course, no worries. Big brother versus little brother. It's like an older tale it's you know Cain and Abel right <laughs> I mean hopefully anyways <laughs> um but I love that about the book and I was taking notes as I was reading it um I actually you know I my magic very eclectic because trying to get into like the Lemic magic in Crowley it's just so much and I was yeah. never around people that were doing it as well so it felt kind of like I didn't have a lot of clarifying people to ask and this is now i obviously could hop online and find groups or find you know teachers like yourself but when i first got into magic at a young age i didn't have this you know um, yeah. i'm 39 so i had to like find the books physically i couldn't just go like order them as easily you had to order like in a catalog and then if yeah, you had to smell had ingredients you yeah, gotta find the ingredients and you know there was a few magic shops around town but not a lot so this is something where it's very structured and i love that about it um, and I love that um, your humor comes through in the writing as well. I'm glad to hear. I really hope that. that it it yeah, and then you're like, you kind of laugh to yourself because because of the way you write. So um, I loved at the beginning in the forward, it was written by Peter by, by Peter Lavenda, that he put magic is technology. It mm -hmm. uses the tools of consciousness of the senses and the mechanisms of the body and the body-mind interface to cause changes to occur. It is, as Carly said, both a science and an art. That is not a throwaway line. It's actually quite profound in its implications. And you talked about that right now when you were saying it's work. Um, Absolutely. So and to I manipulate, think, I mean, to be able to manipulate that energy, you have to be able to step into these different states of mind, right? Or Absolutely. states of existence. 
like you know the I'm, i was very lucky to have peter which is a long time i would say online friend we never we never met in real life yet unfortunately but we've been talking for many many years of course i've been like a big fan of his books uh i really like his approach to things which is kind of formed mine really and uh, so you know when when he accepted to do the the, the internet i mean he really loved the book he also really uh supported me there were moments where i was like you know like i'm, I'm not gonna do this this is not this is not People don't go out. People are gonna hate it. Uh, and it's like, no, no, you you need to do it because you you are tapping onto something here. And you know those those words are, I think, are very important because the idea that you know Crowley did Crowley did define magic in many ways, and and I put various ways Crowley defines the book in the in the magic in the book, right? The most famous maybe is like you know magic is the science and art of causing change to occur in conformity with your will. Now that seems simple, right? But of course. To understand what is will, a will with the capital W, it's not just whatever you want. I mean, there's a big thing in Telema. Like, first of all, you have to understand what you want. And to understand what you want, to understand who you are. And that that's that's a that's a trip on itself, right? Like, first off, you have to do that. And then, you know, this marriage of science and art, it's it seems like a throwaway line, but it's not because you know, science implies technology, of course. So the fact that you can uh, you know, all these rituals really are. I mean, you can think of them as yoga uh, postures or yoga stations. Or if you're into martial arts, you can think of them as forms or kata in karate. Like, you know, whatever you do in order to go and do the fight, right? Like you first train your body. But then there's the art part. And the art part, I think it's very important because if the science does uh, and the technology does bring, you know, this sort of... Uh, logical structured approach to it then you cannot do it without the art that is without the irrational without the unexpected without the without the the stroke of the muse and the, and and something comes from you know somewhere you do not understand it in fact magic will will force you to allow for this super rational approach to things because without that um which is something that you know we are constantly steeped into that's i would say where all the ideas of the the phenomenon comes from if you want to use like a term that's more from coming from the ufo or uap community uh that that is super rational that is art okay as i would, I would define and this marriage this balancing act is the role of the magician um now to, to 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 draw a parallel, right? Like we go we look at the tarot deck, which you know the tarot. It's not just um, a way to divine the future, but maybe it's a way to understand how the universe around and uh, and ourselves and our role in it. Well, in the original tarot decks, uh, the the French tarot decks, I'm thinking about them, um, tarot de Marseille, for instance. The uh, the magician is called le bataleur, which is a strange term for juggler. And the juggler really, really is somebody, you know, throws things in the air and then everything is in perfect balance. And that's what the magician is. So, yeah, this book, I think, will teach people to become jugglers, but jugglers of, of the unconscious and the conscious at the same time. Yeah. In the meantime, I'm reading, I'm reading the comment and there's one comment that really nails it. So, some of this are represented well in the show strange angel okay. yeah that's benji benji's amazing hi benji hi everybody thank you so much for your patience and for being here yeah that's um 
I love all the different decks too. You just spoke of the the French deck, and I just first of all the artwork on that deck is just gorgeous, and and also the way things are represented in different decks is also so amazing to me, and the different symbols that people keep in different ways throughout different decks. But yes, um, I haven't watched that, Benji. Have you watched Strange Angel? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, not only I watched it, uh, I was uh, one of the um, the people that were consulted for the show. So Strange Angel is the story uh, of um, Jack Parsons. Jack Parsons is this fantastic character that if you never heard about him, that's a rabbit hole for you to go into. Uh, he was the guy about that... Him. Was, okay, I'm surprised uh, I didn't... Yeah, that's awesome. So he, he was a telemite, he was a magician, oh. and he also was the guy who invented the jet propulsion um, fuel. Uh, so if we went to the moon, now I'm not going to debate for, with people that think we didn't go to the moon, but anyway. The, yeah, the, that's another we, show. We'll do a moon yeah, conspiracy <laughs> show. <laughs> like if, if, we, if we fly jet, is because Jack Parson, a magician, invented the fuel, the semi-solid fuel, that permit jets to exist. Now, uh, it, the show is very interesting because it, I think it's one of the best representations of Telema in uh, in the mainstream media. And in fact, it was supposed to go for five seasons. He only, only stopped at two. But uh, Greg Wise, which is a very fam famous British actor and plays the, the Grand Magus, so like the, the lodge leader in the show, um, I don't remember the name in the show, but it's based on a character. Was a real person. Was called Wilfred T. Smith. This guy came to uh, Ameth Lodge in, in London one day, where I was doing the Gnostic Mass, which is a ritual, and asked me because he he, he was supposed to do the same ritual on the show. Say, okay, how do I do this? Well, uh, so I had a, not just me, I had a, me and oh, other wow. people. <laughs> yeah, we had a nice chat with him. Uh, he's Emma Thompson. He's Emma Thompson's husband. So very, very famous actor. So it was very interesting. I mean, you know, here in London, you did get a lot of celebrities popping by from time to time. Uh, Jimmy Page, uh, many others. But the reality is that it, it was kind of funny to say, okay, right? You, you have um, uh, like this famous actor that you've seen in many shows asking you how to how to be a telemic priest in order to be a telemic priest on a, on on Jack Parsons. Oh my gosh. Show. That was fun. How it was do fun you even time. advise that? I'll have to check it out. I'm familiar with Parsons, but I didn't I I'm so out of loop when it comes to like shows. So I'll have to check that out. But but how do you even do that? Takes I mean it's kind of like what you did in the book, but they're pretending, right? So you it know, is, how you know, is it how is it trying to take something and give it to Hollywood that is so sacred to you? in a way that's still respectful to like the practice, I guess. So first of all, um, I would say that there is one thing for telemites. Like we telemites tend to be a little less worried about the sacred in the sense, not, that, not because it's not important, but because I think we see the sacred in into everything. Like magic is the act of life. Everything we do, every wield, action is an action is an action is an act of magic so we're not really worried about people misrepresenting us because they already do because already think that you know telema is the work of the devil so that, that's not a problem and also the idea is that um i think that we really know that the more people actually can see the beauty in these rituals the more they can actually get drawn to them also, it did help that, you know, this show was based on George Pendle's book, and George Pendle has always been very respectful to Telema. 
uh, even when he wrote the book in the 2000, I don't remember, 15 years ago, something like that, uh, he was very respectful. He was very interested. It, it is a, it is the best book on Parsons, by the way. There are several. They're all decent, but the Strange Angel is really, really good. And and also when the the the, the crew came to to Ameth Lodge, uh, they were very respectful. Greg Wise was very respectful. Uh, so you know, you know, in many ways, we were like, you know, we could get people. To do, they're gonna do it anyway, right? So it's not like they're going, they're gonna stop them if we say please don't. Um, let's hope they do a, 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 a good job, and I, I think they did. It's what you, if you're gonna see it, and if those of you who actually seen it, um, I think that it's not the same thing. Like they, there was some sort of liberties that were being taken. For instance, uh, the rituals in Strange Angel depict actual, se actual sex happening during these rituals, whereby in the rituals of the OTO, in the rituals of Telema, 99% of the time, the sex is sublimated in the sense that uh, it is there's only allegories, okay? Whereby, of course, they it's Hollywood. Uh, they had to put nudity. Oh, nudity. of course. Yeah, it's what it is, right? You know? <laughs> but at the same time, you know, Telema, Telema doesn't doesn't have any problems with nudity. Telema doesn't have any problem with sex. Any I don't think that anybody should. Re in reality, how do you think you got here? What's your body? You know, like you're the people worried about it are sexualizing it more than the people actually doing the practice. So no, exactly, exactly, right. I think it's uh, Telema celebrates life and in all its beauty. Uh, of course, it's paramount that you know any kind of sexual uh, intercourse should be consensual between adults, and that only. That's that yeah, that's obvious absolutely. to me, and should be obvious to every to anybody yeah. who, with a brain, the fact right? That we have to say it, you know, we do because yeah. there's people. Yeah, like, exactly. Don't get it. But you know, one you know, once once you have uh, once you once you have uh, consent uh, consenting adults, then yeah, I mean, um, sex magic is cool. However. Um, for maybe those of if anybody's listening, it's like okay, then I'm gonna go and see a Gnostic mass. I'm gonna see a lot of sex. Not really. Uh, there is it's sublimated. Is there's allegories only. There will be nudity, but very uh, tasteful nudity, uh, and uh, and that's about it. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of glamour that goes into these sorts of scenes on TV, and I was so. So I watched Sabrina and part of me was like, oh, cool. Like it's Sabrina. And I think it's cool. They took it with the dark twist. But then the other part of me is like, here we go. Now the rest of the world is going to think that magic is all about the devil again. And we kind of talked about this a little bit in the beginning. And Mitch Horowitz kind of touched on it. And he, um, I, I don't know actually if he talked to me about it, but he's written about kind of like the second satanic panic. Oh, I didn't mm -hmm. realize that right until I said it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so how so can you explain what that is because i have some listeners that might not be into magic at all and i have some you know i posted the 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 picture of the book and all this stuff and automatically I'm getting messages from relatives worried about me talking about the devil and i'm like can you kind of i don't want to say debunk or or kind of break in actuality what some of these symbols mean how they've been misconstrued throughout the media um, like for example, Baphomet and the pentagram, like people automatically assume like it's for the dark Lord, you know, which, yeah, of course, of course. you know, um, um, because a lot of people are so afraid of that. And you mentioned satanic panic happening again. And, uh, can you just, and I know that was like four questions in one, but can you run through that please? I'll try. I'll try to <laughs> give, you, give you like a, you know, bird's eye view of, I mean, it's a very yeah. complex, uh, subject as you can imagine. I think we should start from one point and that is that. Um, there are people out there 
that really believe that their religion is the only religion that exists or should exist. And they, they are the only ones who are good, while everything that deviates from their dogma is evil. Now, um, I, I'm not naming names because, you know, we, we could get many different religions that they all fit into the same, into this idea. You know, even some practitioners are, do it as Absolutely. well. You know, everybody, Absolutely. there's somebody in every group, I guess. <laughs> so in general, like, you know, Crowley used to say that the devil is, um, is the god of the, those who lost the war, pretty much, right? Like, so, you know, in ancient times, if, uh, if a population was, you know, conquered, then those gods would become the devils of the other religion, right? And it's, it's kind of a simplification but it can give you the idea of how this idea of the satanic panic can even happen and satanic panic really is a term that stems from the 1980s because in the 1980s what happened there is that uh in the united states and then in the uk mostly but there was uh, other um other uh in other i up in other countries as well there were reports of young children uh, come um, reporting back that they were actually used in horrible ways uh, in uh, satanic rituals. A book came out called Michelle Remembers, and the story was, of, of, in fact, of this Michelle's uh, girl that remembered that you know her parents were part of a satanic cult and they were abusing her. Now. A lot of people lost their livelihood, livelihoods, their jobs, their lives on basically on these stories that were going around. It has been proven beyond any reasonable doubt that these were actually false memories implanted by uh, psychologists that were actually trying to push that idea that I said at the beginning, that their religion was the right, the right religion, they were the good, and everything that was stemming outside of those boundaries was evil. And so they were finding ways to combat that evil, even if it meant to pretty much use psychology to implant false memories. Like if anybody is uh, curious about this, uh, you can go, I mean, if you want to go on Wikipedia, look for satanic ritual abuse. There's a massively well-sourced um, article on Wikipedia alone, but then you can, I mean, that's, that's where you can start. There's all the proof in the world you need to realize that it's always been a lie. It's been, it was something that was used by people, people with an agenda. And the agenda was, you know, silencing the different, silencing the oppressed, silencing everybody who didn't agree with them, right? This, there's another twist to that. This is not the first time that happened because historically, SRA or satanic ritual abuse uh, has a president. And that president is something called blood libel. Now, the blood libel hoax or the blood libel, it's something that stems back from the Middle Ages and up. And this is where the time where Christians and Christian groups used to uh, accuse uh, Jews of killing children and eating children during uh, their rituals. Uh, this is where, you know, the Jewish pogroms, where um, this is why Jewish pogroms happened, this is why the Jewish diaspora happened, because they were all fleeing from, from Catholic countries because they were, they were accused of killing people, which had never happened either. Now, back to where we are right now, it's the same thing you hear in um, extreme conspiracy uh, fringes. The idea that there is an, a secret elite of uh, powerful people that are, you know, like they're pulling the strings of, of, the, of the universe, pretty much. And they do that by, you know, subjecting 
the children uh, to terrible, terrible, unspeakable things. Pizza Gate, right? I'm thinking about yeah, it. Pizza Gate. Yeah, that, that was it. That was only the same, uh, the same blood libel. Uh, of the of the Middle Ages, the same sat satanic ritual abuse of the 80s, repurposed once again, and it's always coming from a conservative, ultra reactionary, often Christian uh, type of group of people, and they were trying to, and they're always trying to push this same agenda. Because at the at the at the at the center of this problem is that there are religions that think they should be the only ones. And then there are religious groups, like mostly most neo-pagan groups, or like Telema, that will say, actually, do what you want, right? Uh, worship who you want. As long as we live in a functioning society where, you know, we're all free and we all are um, able to, to live our lives the way, the way we want, between consenting adults without touching the shoe. <laughs> <right? laughs> we just need to make like a little sign to press, like a banner that we just press it and it goes up so people know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, and I think I think this is very important to to to, you know, to, to underline because you know uh, people might misconstrue not just my words, but you know every time we discuss. Oh, it is. It is because part. people kind so, of like hear things pop out exactly. when they're not paying attention. Exactly. So when so they hear that, they're like, oh. <laughs> I, I will tell you something. Like um, I am, I've been very vocal in Telema, in Telemi groups. The idea that Telema is and should be only for um, people that are eighteen and up, uh, not because anything weird happened in it. Like I said, sex magic is mostly, which is a part of Telema. I write about it in the book. Uh, it's um, it's mostly mm, performed via allegories, so there's almost never, and even not, not even touching almost. But the point is that I really believe that telema should only be between people like adults, because uh, you know, a children, a child, or even like a teenager, they're still developing their ideas, and uh, you know. As somebody who was baptized in, in the Catholic uh, faith uh, against my choice because I was four months old and I didn't, well, six months old, but I didn't know any better, uh, I really believe that people should have their say if they want to join. Absolutely. The group, right? Absolutely. Like, that's it. Yep. So, and then, yeah, it's, it's like, um, it's a whole different type of choice that's made for you and you're automatic the second you're born into a house that believes one thing and projects that onto you daily it's sort of conditioned you in a certain way and then you know Absolutely. some of this is fine like some people just meditate all the time and do zen stuff and then some people you know preach like the good things that are in the bible that jesus said love thy neighbor that sort of thing but either way i feel like like a uh, baptism is just like you are this yeah. And they'll go back to saying, well, we're saving their soul kind of thing. So it's just like, it's such a complicated thing. And we, and I agree that people need to be able to be old enough to make these decisions because everybody needs to think back to you when they were 18 exactly. <laughs> and what you were thinking. Yeah. I mean, and if you think about it, if you read the Bible, Jesus was baptized when he was 30. So I mean, it's like, it's like he took his time, right? <laughs> I mean, of course, there's a lot, there's a lot to be said there, but um, just, I mean, I'm joking, but that's the point, right? I really believe that religion religious choices should be made only by adults even if it's just just about adults or young adults but when you're when you're under 18 uh, what do you know about life i would argue what do you know about life for a long <laughs> up until after you're maybe 40 right or 30. oh my gosh yeah people so, i got married I, when i was 30 so <laughs> you know, especially now now that we live in life where you know the it, it took so much longer for like we 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 did live a period of life 
where uh, things were kind of simple for and, and easy. I mean, not for everybody, of course, but let's say in the West, right? Um, so, I mean, I, I really think that, you know, I'm, I'm going to be 45 this year, but I'm like, I'm, 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 I'm like the 35 of my father, right? Because I had a, a more or less uh, pampered life with the exception of the last few years, I would say, <laughs> but apart from that, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I um, love that. It, you're right, though. You're right. Um, are you seeing some of the comments? Is anything yeah, interesting? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that, um, yeah, Carolina Garcia is saying, I'm Catholic and complete confirmation, yeah, which is a choice you make as an adult to choose the Catholic path. Exactly. Happens. Well, it's interesting you say, Carolina, it happens for you around 18. Uh, in Italy, um, we were forced to go to confirmation at 12. And I didn't, and, and I discovered Crowley instead. So you know, that's uh, that's the thing. But I agree with you. Like confirmation should should happen at eighteen. And and I mean, yeah, we can argue that eighteen. Maybe you're still you're still very young, right? You're still. I mean, you're you're an adult. You're not a young adult. But life hasn't hasn't had its way with you for most people. Then of course there's always exceptions. Anyway, we we've been we've been rambling. <laughs> we, oh, we no, it's good though, but we're learning a lot. I like it when somebody with knowledge rambles. It's not like you're rambling and nothing meaningful is coming out. A lot of meaning is coming out of it. So so somebody said earlier that you have the best rambles. Yeah, I do. You go on the best rants. So so yes. I, I oh, appreciate yeah, the rants. I, 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 <laughs> so it was early in the chat. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I do go for rambles, yeah. I love that um, you know, the the Lemic Magic mixes in all these different things. And the, the funny thing, not the funny thing, but the interesting thing is that a lot of us who are magically inclined kind of kind of just have like the inkling to do this stuff. You do a great uh, meditation here um, about going into a tarot card yep. um, as a visualization. Um, you know, you can give away as much as you would like, but what is, um, can you explain that to somebody? Like, how does that help somebody um, go into a liminal state or create something? Mm, of course. So first of all, I, I should, um, you know, forward this by saying that um, everything that pertains to visualization can become to you either very simply or you can struggle with it. Uh, and this is something that I really didn't realize up until I started teaching these subjects, uh, because uh, actually one of my best students is um, Logan, and he he suffers from what is called uh, aphantasia. So he cannot he cannot really visualize very well. He closes his head, his his eyes, and there's kind of like blackness. I close my eyes, and there's words there, and it's always been like this, right? Um, still. You know, no matter if you suffer from prophantasia or aphantasia, so if you're very good at, at seeing things with your eyes closed or not, learning to visualize means really learning to sit still in silence. And instead of projecting your gaze outward and always looking what's around you, trying to project, go with your gaze inward, try to find what's happening inside of you. And you will discover that even if you don't see anything, there you will soon start maybe hearing, uh, and I don't mean hearing with your with your with your, with your ears, like hearing, feeling, all that you know, immense word universe that really exists inside of you. Now, in this universe, um, and this is something that you know was codified much better than I can will ever do by Carl Gustav Jung, the the, the famous uh, psychologist. There are what we call archetypes, right? There are some ideas that are just shared by us all of us in, in that belong to the to the human species right all of us humans share these archetypes so you can think of them like you know the mother the father 
the the crone, the the maiden. Uh, you can you can think like the vampire, the the dragon, the unicorn. All, all these these images that are very strong that you kind of always known they exist. When you see them as a as a child for the first time, there's something that that clicks with you. That's kind of more of a memory than something you just learned for the first time. Now. The tarot card, the tarot deck, is kind of based on these archetypes. Okay, everything you see in this in these cards in the tarot cards are representations, symbolic representations of these these archetypes. So, one of the um, uh, one of the exercises you find pretty early on in the book is uh, like learning how to just you know get a card in front of you, and first of all try to to analyze whatever is there, right? And this works maybe better for those decks that are very, um, they're very like uh, rich with imagery, like the Thought deck from uh, Alistair Crowley and Lady Frida Harris. Um, but in general, like every like image heavy uh, deck will do. And the idea is that like you just want to first of all look at them, look at all the the details, then close your eyes and see what happens if you you know with your mind's eye you see yourself stepping into the card okay and of course there's like you you should be able to um how do you say to uh to learn how to control your breathing first and this all exercise that come earlier in the book right control your breathing learning how to have a posture because like you know sitting with the spine erect is important if you have problem you know with your back that's fine but you can you can lay down as long as you lay down on a on a surface that that's kind of like it's not like those beds that go like this like those very comfy bed like you need good spine support you need a good mattress guys <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> so. lumbar support exactly the idea is that you want to have your spine erect uh and then you just like control your breathing uh and the idea is that as you do these two things no matter if you can visualize or not visualize at all it will be easier to wrap your mind around the idea of you know remembering what you saw in the card and then just really like stepping into the card now when you step into the card what happens is that maybe the first time nothing happens right the second time nothing happens if you keep if you keep at it though you will notice that at some point those archetypes that are encoded in the card they will start making their, themselves present to you. That doesn't mean that you will hear a voice or you know a spirit will appear in front of you. Or nothing like this. It means that in your inside inner eye, will you will start to get feelings, get uh, emotions, get body sensations out of it, and all of this actually will help you create a series of experiences that will help you getting to know more about who you are because as i said as I, well, I told you before we started this like the the tarot really is a set of archetypes that tell you your story not just the story of who you are right now but pretty much like the the path you could go on if you ever this would decide to go on an initiatory path right and so learning these experiences and learning to interiorize these archetypes will come very useful when then you move on to the next exercises in the book, which can be a little bit more, we will feel a little bit more magical, like pentagram exercises or hexagram exercises, and then moving on to the telemic magic, which is a little bit more complex. So yeah, it's a fun thing. Yes, for sure. And it's um, it's something, interestingly enough, I would do, I've just always been fascinated with cards. As I mentioned to Marco and some other people before that my grandma used to read cards with a deck of playing cards and I remember sneaking in one night and I got caught. 
I was being nosy and she yelled at me to go back in the room. It's none of my business. She was Catholic. She wasn't supposed to be doing that. Right. So, um, and a lot of my family didn't even know she did that. And before I left from Arizona to Alaska, she was like, she just spilled it all to me. Like you have these gifts and I wanted to teach you, <laughs> but you know, your mom wasn't comfortable with it. And you know, so, um, but the, the, so I've been fascinated with just holding cards and learning to shuffle them and, um, you know, getting the first deck of tarot cards. Like it's easy if you're an imaginative person to step into it. But like you said, some people have to work at it, but it's completely attainable. And you walk people like kind of like baby steps in the book, which yep. is great. And it starts with breath work and it starts with like, ex it starts with expectations and it starts with breath, breath work. And I yep. love that towards the end of the book, you're like, look, like, like if you're not, you know, you you are going to have to work because some people will get on, you know, TikTok and be like, five steps to manifest, A, B, C, you know, and it's just like people are wondering why it's not working, you know, because it's real. <laughs> yeah, so you could literally like, you know, and I get like, yes, affirmations. It's kind of like you have to say these things. You have to visualize. I get it. But there's a little more that goes into it if you really want to transcend like within yourself, which sounds crazy to say, you know, not, it, it, but um. I think that in the book, I say that, you know, learning magic is akin to training and then running a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon, right? So you, you need, if you want to have magic work for you, you have to put down the hours for training. And then once you start, you have to keep going because, you know, you, you will get, if you learn stamina and endurance, if you put down that preparatory work, you will get to the end, but it's not a sprint. Um, I grew up, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, really in the 90s and then 2000s, there were a lot of this magic, I guess like poetic talk, manifestation kind of videos. It was about, you know, like learn, invoke Belial and become a living God. Yeah, that, that, that's a grift. That was, there were people, I'm not going to name names, but those are people that are there to extract money of you. Uh, I sell courses and books and I will tell you, it's long it's boring of times. Uh, it's very exciting at other times, but it's really like you, you, the first six months, it's it's just the grind, right? You have to do, yes, you have yes. to really, really, really set yourself to to just, it's almost like, you know, if you ever gone to the gym, right? And if you never gone to the gym and you want to lift weights, well, the first few months going to suck because it's just like you have, you have no strength, you have no conditioning, and um, it just everything seems impossible. But then it works, right? Then you see the difference in your body. Your body changes, and you can always start uh, you know, taking more and more weights, and, and everything gets better. That's exactly the same with magic. There's no shortcuts. That's how it is. Sorry, yes, I'm, I'm, I think I'm really bad at selling my courses, but that's it. <laughs> well, no, I think that... Like, like you said, with anything that is meaningful, it comes with practice and understanding and learning. And you can't just like get this injected into you and then it works, you know, and we're so we're part of the society that's like, I need information in 30 seconds. I need this quickly. I need that quickly. And we're, we've lost the art of slowing down and being present, which is one of the hardest things that you'll do when you start a magical practice. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Committing to something is another thing that we're bad at now. You know, you're committing to these times in the day to do your practice. And I found it interesting that you have these, you know, morning, afternoon, um, sunset, and then at nighttime, these different poses that you do late mm -hmm. to these gods, you know, and it's beautiful because for some reason, um, inherently, as a little, as a little girl, my grandpa said I would go stand like in the morning and like have my hands out in the sun. He said it was like, 
he like my dad's side's Native American, so he's like, you're like your Indian side. You know, they say it in Dune back in the day. So, <laughs> but my dad's Native American, so he's like, you're like your dad's side. You're, you know, so it's it's interesting that these kind of um, things go through each people's belief system. Absolutely, and absolutely. Probably did a great job of just collecting all the like kind of like the greatest parts of some of these belief systems and incorporating it into the lemma. And you know what? That's exactly what he wanted to do. I would argue that. You know, maybe a lot of what he was doing, a lot of Telema might feel appropriative in this day and age because Crowley also, I mean, it wasn't the only one, right? I mean, thinking of Theosophy was doing the same. Amork was like, you know, the American Rosicrucians were doing the same. Um, the Kibalion, you know, very famous book. Don't read the Kibalion, but, you know, it was doing the same. The point Fair is. Fairmouth that... Benji, you didn't just say that Benji was <laughs> me and Benji talking about the Kibalion. <laughs> I, I am not. I, I, I will fight the Kibalion until the end. It's not hermetic. It's basically Christian science. It's manifestation. Don't do well, it. Well, now I have to reread it with a different lens. Okay. So, anyway. Course, I, think, so. I, would, I would say everybody should read it. It's important to read books. Never, never not read books, but it's, uh, it's not it. <laughs> so, <laughs> But the point is that, you know, like I would argue that, yeah, a lot of Telema will will feel appropriative because the reality is that it's great that we're having these discussions in this day and age, right? It's great that, you know, we are going to accept that uh, a lot of this, a lot of our culture as, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a white male, I was growing in, you know, in the West, a lot of my culture was definitely uh, appropriative, imperialistic, colonialistic, it's all true. Uh, however... I don't see why we should, you know, throw the baby out with the bathwater. Some people think, you know what, I, I don't care. Uh, I want to I wanna throw it out, and that's fine. I don't see it because I know it works. And I know that if I show the, the, the correct respect to these terms, I mean, I have a part in the book that I say that, you know, we use Kabbalah with the Q. It's not Jewish mysticism. We should actually remember that there is a real a real very complex system of uh, Bible exegesis, which is the true mystical Kabbalah. Um, if you read The Unfortune, she won't tell you that. Crowley won't tell you that. But I think that in 2023, I am, yes. it's my duty to tell, you know, my readers, you know, like what we're doing, it's a derivation of something else. We should, we, should, we should like show respect to every, you know, every region. But at the same time, it works. Uh, it does. So yep. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not gonna like drop it. Um, think about how like watered down we are as people now. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's some people that are like you know you can trace your whole lineage. Like my dad's side is you know Native American, and it's like to get my car to say hi, I'm Native American. You know, like yeah. <laughs> people are like we had we we couldn't trace back a certain part. Um, we can only trace back so far because the Spaniards had kind of rearranged things to put it nicely. And we had to have like go back in time essentially to find people that were still alive that still knew my family members in order for us to be accepted as a tribe because mm -hmm. we didn't live on on, on the reservation. They, they they migrated to the city. So yeah. my family did. So um it was it's interesting how people are so angry about cultural appropriation. And I get it. I'm not saying that there isn't an argument saying that this should not be done, but at the same time, some of us don't know who we are. You know, um, so if, if I'm adopted by somebody and they really raise me a certain way, but my lineage doesn't reflect that, like genetically, yeah. are you going to tell me no? Or not only that, what if nothing else resonates with you? Absolutely. But, you know, Crowley's does or maybe, you know, something else does. Um, so I feel like we have to hold space for those people because shouldn't the greater goal to be help people 
come home into themselves versus I would, yeah, but this I would is argue, mine, yes. this is not mine. And also, who does anybody talk to the plant spirits if we're allowed to not use these? Like, I mean, I get it. I get it that things have been bastardized and appropriated. I get it. I'm not saying that's not happening. But at the same time, I think that they're, they're, we're all melting to a certain point where it's going to be hard to keep things pure and only this way. And I argue, I don't, I don't think, you know, humanity has always grown through syncretism, to cultures, you know, meeting and mixing. And I think that's, I mean, like maybe that's also why, I mean, my, that might be my bias, but I think like some of the most beautiful people out there are, you know, mixed race because, you know, you get the best of both worlds, to be fair, right? Um, and I, again, I'm, 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 I don't know. 12 generations Italian. So, you know, I go I go back to many, many years ago. So, you know, I'm definitely, I'm definitely not mixed. So the point is, uh, I don't know, we're rambling, but the point is that, you know, it's important to, to accept that, you know, a lot of the Western esoteric tradition and definitely dilemma is syncretic, uh, it's important to you know to re to recognize those roots, but then if something works, I'll use it. That's it. That's 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 my stance at least, right? Let me see here something from the comments. Somebody uh, somebody was asking if uh, uh, the Kibalion is a new thought. Yes, it is new thought. Um, don't go, don't do it. <laughs> Priscilla, I think you you are muted. I said earmuffs, Benji. Again, we're talking about the Kabbalion. Um, There's just so much out there. You know, um, gosh, I think a lot about your book. You guys just have to get it if you're interested in any of this. Even if you don't plan, plan I'm sorry. I'm finding like this cold and kids being sick, all this stuff. So I probably sound super weird today. But you should get it if you're curious. If the image of Baphomet scares you, maybe you need to dig into that because we have been taught things through pop culture and Hollywood and through religious conditioning that we didn't choose to think that something is evil because it's different. So back to my other question, what is Baphomet? What does it represent? You know, what is it meant to represent? I mean, we, we have it here, right? Um, so Baphomet, this image is a new version of the classic image that was put together, drawn, by Eliphas Levy, um, a French occultist in the mid 1800s. Okay, Eliphas Levy was. So first of all, we should say, where does the name Baphomet comes from? We really don't know. In the sense that the first uh, traces of this name come from the um, uh, from the Templars, when the uh, the Order of the Temple, uh, the one you know, like the 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 monastic and knightly order that. Uh, conquered Jerusalem during the Crusades and then lost Jerusalem and then conquered it again. Anyway, it basically spent almost 200 years in uh, in Jerusalem, um, becoming a very wealthy and powerful uh, political uh, entity in those times. They were eventually, um, you know, accused and uh, and killed by the King of France and the Pope in 1308. On the on the accusation that they became uh, pretty much satanist, right? Again, satanic panic once again. And during these um, the 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 confessions that were extracted by tor with torture, so you know you can imagine how much of these confessions were real. 
they uh, did um, admit to idolatry and the fact that they were they discovered this idol in uh, in the in the Holy Land called Baphomet and they became uh, you know, worshippers of Baphomet because they it was it was this this image that brought them riches and power etc etc. Now, a lot of linguists, a lot of historians over the last 1800s, have been 1800 years, have been um, trying to figure out who was this Baphomet. And the reality is that Baphomet might just be a corruption of Mahomet, Muhammad, right? So the fact that what's really likely is that some Templars or all the Templars became syncretic with the uh, uh, with the religion of their enemies, uh, the religion of Saladin. Islam, right? And of course, who is the the prophet of Islam is Muhammad, which is kind of seen as a very it's, it's not seen as a god, of course, but it's it's one of the most revered uh, figures in Islam. Uh, it almost like it is the 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 intermediary with Allah with God, and so it is can, can be, it's possible that you know this happened syncretism, like we were just discussing, right? And and it's possible that you know these confessions extracted with torture kind of uh, you know deformed this name from Muhammad into Mohammed, Mahomet into Baphomet. Okay. Now, fast forward to the 1800s, Eliphas Levi, which is one of the most important um, fathers of the Western esoteric tradition as we know it right now. He uh, was the writer of the Dogma Rituel de l'Aute Magie, which is a dogma and ritual of the high magic, kind of like a, a precursor to Crowley. Crowley would even um, say that uh, Eliphas Levi was his, his first incarnation, his previous incarnation, right? Uh, so basically, he, he was trying to put together a syncretic system of magic. And he decided to use the this name from the Templar history because the Templars were still seen as a uh, almost like a mystical order that you know mixed together a re religious fervor, military might, and a sort of like magical knowledge in order to become successful and powerful for 200 years. And so he decided to use the, the name Baphomet, and he decided to uh, once again create this kind of image, which really is—I'll show you—it is a symbol of the opposites, the two things that come to one. You have a man with breasts, you have. Uh, the figure of an animal on the body of a man. You have somebody who, who's seated on earth, but has also uh, also wings, so he can go, you know, well, where he can fly. And he has these things here written: sol. Well, you can see it: uh, solve and coagula. That's Latin. It means to dissolve and to bring it together. Now, this idea, this uh, this um, interplay between opposites, this interplay between the highest and the lowest the man and the animal, the divine and the human, uh, the male and the female. It is alchemy, and alchemy really is the core of magic. It's this science and art of transmutation, of transformation, of bringing together two separate things that become one thing that's bigger of, of the sum of the two together. Okay, That's what Baphomet really is. It's a symbol of the union of the opposites. So uh, beautiful, yes. so beautiful. I mean, I just, I've never heard anybody explain it so powerfully and beautifully before, you know, because I've been reading about, I've been trying to figure it out, honestly, since I was a little, like, junior high girl that stumbled upon a satanic Bible <laughs> and um, their store, you know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, and it has the image, you know, it has the pentagram with the head with, in with, it. With. 
And then Absolutely. of course I go down the rabbit holes because I love to research things. And but you know what? You know that that's <laughs> something that also you know was used by. I mean that that image, right? You know the the, the head of the Baphomet, the head of the goat into the other than to inverted or averse pentagram once again it's a symbol of the of the polarities right really is a symbol of the highest and the lowest that comes together it's it is it has been used by anton lavey in the church of satan it's absolutely true but it really it's it's something that it's an it's a syncretism it's a it's a it's something that happened later and the the beautiful thing with symbols is that nobody owns them they have a life of their own and people can come along and uh, change the meaning of symbols. Think of the swastika. The swastika started as a symbol of the sun. It really is a symbol of the sun still in Hinduism. Unfortunately, we cannot really use it anymore because if you see a swastika, you will think of Nazis. That's how it is. Like symbols, unfortunately, can be co-opted, can go, they have their own lives, right? They can change, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But the core of the God of Mendes, of Baphomet, it really is a symbol of the union of the bestial and the animal, the high and the low, the opposites coming together, dissolving alchemically to form something that's higher than their, than what they are, to, they do there on their own, right? Uh, I, I can understand that can be, can be a scary symbol, especially, you know, if you live, if, if all you need, all, if you knew all, known all your life is maybe some kind of branches of very reactionary Christianity, I can get it. Um, Crowley insisted on using this sort of shocking techniques because the lemma really was meant to be um, the shock to the system, right? It really is meant to be something that comes along and kind of gives you uh, a jolt, kind of almost like, hey, wake up. Uh, it doesn't tell you, you know, if, if it's not your will to reject Christianity, you don't have to reject Christianity or Judaism or Islam or Hinduism. Doesn't matter. Uh, it's more about having a jolt, a shock to the system, so you can look around yourself and make the decision for yourself. So these symbols, or the use of sex in in ritual, or the use of maybe some sort of like strong imagery, really is about that. Hey, you know, wake up. Maybe you don't want to wake up. Well, I'm gonna show you a lot of things that I'm gonna make you wake up and maybe make you think about it. Right. Um, that's it. <laughs> no, I love that. No, that's some people need that to kind of to realize that there's more than what we've experienced. You know, I, um, it still happens even once you're studying. There's a there's an interesting question. Um, Mark Rance is saying Baphometis means baptism of wisdom, ancient Greek, I think. Uh, yes, Baphometis really means baptism of wisdom. Uh, and it is it is from that book, 1818, Mysterium Baphometum However, it's one possible uh, etymology. There are many others. This is, I think, this is from this is from Burgstall, if I'm not mistaken, uh, that wrote that book, and it's one of them. The reality is that when, when you look at the, it, it, it kind of sounds good, right? It, it could be, but there's there's many others, right? Uh, if, if people are curious, I can actually put um, there's I I did write down all the various things. There's another one that that thinks that all the letters are like um, uh, basic notarian that is oh, each letter means another word or you know you, you can actually deconstruct the word to make mean anything because the reality there is that at the end of the day it's a powerful symbol it's something that makes you think it's something that it leaves you with wonder and this magic should leave you with wonder should make you think go and, and search for your truth 
I'm not saying, you know, do your own research because those things go wrong usually. <laughs> but the point is that it should you wonder and the, the, the will to go and explore this, these ideas. Uh, that, you know, the, the book from 1818, it's definitely, it, 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 it has good ideas, okay? I, I like him. I like it a lot. But there, I cannot tell you that that's exactly it um, the, because there are so many other possibilities there. So once again, uh, I will possibly put in the comments of this video a very long, uh, it's, you're going to be bored by that, but a very long <laughs> article that I wrote on, on the website of um, the, the group I, I, he, I lead uh, where you, you're going to be bored about the Baffle Method. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'd be like halfway through. Um, I did put your website in the description. So if anybody's interested in checking that out and you got linked to all sorts of amazing articles, I told you I would only keep you for an hour. Mm -hmm. But I have one more question. Can we do that? Or is it? Okay. Please go ahead. So, and I like to ask like pretty much all authors this that are open minded and write about different different sorts of things that might be deemed controversial. Out of all the things you've written about or taught, what is the most controversial topic? that you have either written about or spoken about um, ever? <laughs> so I would say that uh, right now, even talking about, even being public about being a Thelemite, uh, it's controversial because uh, you, you're getting a lot of friction from this new wave of satanic panic, right? But I think that the most controversial thing that, I mean, the, the thing that, act, that, that generated the most friction um, I don't know if you want to go there, but it's been everything I wrote about magic and politics, really. Um, I'm not a leftist, but I'm an anti-fascist, okay? Very, I feel very strongly about that, uh, and possibly because I'm Italian, and possibly because, I, you know, in the, in the late 90s, I was a, a young goth kid in, in Rome, and 90% uh, of my time was, uh, was you know, was running away from fascist was trying to beat me to death because you know fascism never left italy uh if like that's something that a lot of people um don't realize but possibly this is why i'm so worried about you know whatever is happening in the world right now so you know pay attention <laughs> you're human you should be worried <laughs> And the thing is that, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I think that the most controversial is that every time I try to make the point that Telema is political in the sense that it's not left or right, it's not conservative or liberal. A lot of people will, will try and make the point that Telema should be conservative, Telema should be ultra liberal. Uh, I think that Telema should strike the balance in the middle. And that means that as Telemites, we should always try to swing that pendulum on the opposite direction. In the sense that if right now we're living in very strong conservative times, then maybe it's time to try and, and, and push that pendulum back to the center. But it has to be in the center. Uh, if you go into two points of the spectrum, you're not in a good spot. That's the most controversial thing ever. It's not about sex magic. It's not about <laughs> that, that, I, that I will say very openly. I'm going to say it right now that, yes, part of my ritual in, includes... Uh, Sex includes, you know, anointing my uh, the, the holy wafer with speci specific fluids and ingesting it. Um, that's not the most controversial thing that that people <laughs> that people ask me about it. It's always when I speak of politics. Yeah, uh, I, yeah. yeah, that's it. <laughs> people, it's interesting because everybody will say something different. You know, um, I I asked Mitch Horowitz that same question. I was like so surprised he said yes. I'm always nervous to approach uh, authors because my my channel is so small. 
I don't really promote myself. Like, I don't know how to promote myself. I'm just doing this so I can be I think, I think you do it quite well. I mean, you, <laughs> you, you, you're not, not that small, trust me. Like, it's, I just love talking to people. This is kind of like, you know, my step, like, I can't talk. My husband's art, he's not into this sort of thing, you know, or he's not into UFOs. So he just, like, lets me do my thing. And his mom is witchy. So she's like, just let her do her thing, you know, like, <laughs> just let her. <laughs> Um, so she she tells him, but you know, it's it's kind of it's refreshing to talk to other people that are interested in these sorts of topics, especially people like you that have studied this for so long, and have been into this for so long. Um, and I think that these, you could this see darn green screen. Okay, the book is definitely worth going into. I plan on I'm finishing a magical program right now, um, another book, and it's working with Hecate, and it's okay. you know. Um, excuse my American accent for butchering every word that's not American or English American, because I know I'm, I just cannot say cool words. Sorry. Like when you said the French word earlier, I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> no, heck of this fine. Heck of this fine. I mean, the reality it's there not, is- It like, always sounds cooler when somebody has an accent and says, <laughs> but I do plan on going through the book as a practice because um, I, it was the exercises you have in here. I'm not going to give away too many, but it's just- it involves you like when you draw the tree of life and study it and then it involves your body at different times of the day and i was already burning like um like smudge at these sorts of days just i was just drawn to the sun in its different positions naturally so so check out the book guys even if you're not like you know into a practice and if you have been studying magic like i have but haven't like nailed down one specific kind i think that this book will kind of help you bring order but sometimes I just Absolutely. need order. Sometimes I'm all over the place. I'm like, oh, there's my herbs, there's my crystals. And then I'm like, oh, there's my, you know, my inherent stuff that I learned. And then I've got the Santeria stuff creeping in. I'm like, sometimes I just want to focus on one thing and learn how to grow that way with those different techniques. Because maybe that'll take me somewhere, even though it's familiar, it'll take me somewhere I haven't been before within myself or even in the cosmos on accident, like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so I love, I love your approach to this. Um, I have Marco's you know, his website in the description and there you can find everything about him, all his cool classes he teaches. Um, and you have classes up. What do you teach a class? Do you have it on there like for like on demand sort of thing? Or is that kind of like, yeah, I mean, basically right now, I, I restructured it into be everything on demand right there. Basically, if you go to magic.marcovisconti.org, you will see a series of options. There are, I think like three or four, uh, one hour uh, introductory introductory class on, on Crowley and magic, on Babylon, which is a very important figure in Telema. Uh, one on esoteric Freemasonry. I'm a Freemason as well. I really like it. So I decided, you know, why, why don't we explain a little bit about what is Freemasonry as well? And then, um, and then yes, then, then there's like something that's a bit like more like intensive. Um, for instance, you have like uh, one course, which is called Magic Without Tears. And it's pretty much like over three months. It's kind of the book. I love that name, by the way. It always makes yeah. me smile. <laughs> it, you know, it's kind of the book, but expanded. Uh, and uh, basically um, what I did is I ran it the first time between September and December last year. And basically every week we would have like a one hour, one hour and a half like class online. And then you would have a little bit of work to do. Uh, and then the reality that you can join it right now. Uh, you know, you can purchase it, and then all the all the material is recorded, and you can go on your own pace. Uh, and then what what I'm doing right now, I'm starting. Uh, I started like two months ago. This six months exploration of the Thought Tarot, which is the specific deck, uh, tarot deck that Aleister Crowley and Lady Frida Iris uh, created together. 
you, most of you will if you see the mini image you you recognize it it's 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 iconic and the reality what i'm doing here is that it's kind of the same approach you know a little bit of lessons written lessons and then live streams where i, where I go into path working this time right I remember when like that idea of like going uh, into the card well i'm guiding you into it and so and so basically from that point you you kind of get the card itself teaching what they what the card means and then of course after that you can i i, I post the script i post the commentary uh and so by the end of but basically we just started people can join at any time right yes you know if you join at any time from from since we started like you, you you're gonna have a little bit of catch up to do but like i said everything is recorded and uh, so if you have interest in the in the top deck or in tarot in general um join us right it's uh we're gonna like the, this first cohort will will keep going every week till july and then once again all the material will be ready recorded so people can um can go back to it anytime they want also whenever you you, you get one of these classes you also get um access to the community uh it's we i run it on mighty networks it's kind of like facebook without the boomers <laughs> did i say that out loud i guess <laughs> I'm learning all sorts of things in my age. So uh, the, the boomer was the one that I learned last year because my teenage neighbor that watched my kids. <laughs> so no boomers, straightforward magic. Exactly. <laughs> from the source. That's um, it. That's I have it. to give you a compliment though about your book. You have a QR code in it that has oh, yeah. um, multimedia files, which yeah, is needed because every time i get one of these books it's like okay you're gonna do this and then i'm like do i need to record myself reading it to me you know or you have to go to the website and you have to buy these things separately so basically um, no like, so like, at the end, like, like at the end of the book there's a qr code or a link uh unfortunately i'm not gonna put it on on, on screen <laughs> obviously <laughs> they did that, you know like for instance like you you could join you could join on on that on that on on the network and see all the basically i recorded all the exercises like so if you're curious about how to pronounce a word or if you're curious about how doing the pentagram ritual where there's a video there uh that will show you um in that case what my partner does because i recorded her doing it but uh and there's another that's one helpful, where I though. that's helpful because i remember first reading that about that when i was like a teenager in you know other books and i was like what if i do this the wrong way like like I'm confused. Yeah. So the videos definitely help. So thank you for that. Because yeah. so many authors charge extra for that sort of thing. And I think no, that I this mean, is just so good for people. Your book is so good. Like I well, the first you. thing I was in there, like, like I wanted to I wanted to start messaging you so fast. And I was like, no, you're gonna have him on, leave the guy alone. Um, you cannot rave about his book till you have him on. So <laughs> um it's very generous of you and very helpful to people that have it this might be one hundred percent new to. Um, yeah. Or even like me, like I've read it in the past. I was like, this is too much. I have nobody to, to clarify, so I'm just not going to do it. It's making and it you know, approachable. Like what I like about the, the the opportunity to do that is that you know you know that QR code, you know, at the end of the book, you 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 do get you do get access to to the network, right? So if you want to ask questions. And it's already been happening, right? Because a lot of people have been joining, a lot of people have been buying the books. Thank you all. Um, people joining us are getting, hey, can I ask you a question? Of course. Like, that's the best way to get a hold of me. Because, yes, I'm very active on social media. I'm not one of those people that, you know, you, you don't know where, he, where they are. But, you know, if you, the best way, if you have a question about magic, you got the book, you can get for free on the network, and you can ask me questions. And if I'm not there, 
there are going to be people, part of my community, that, I mean, I can see some of them here in the chat. Hello, Logan. Um, thank you for coming. I <laughs> see a lot of people that I've never seen. So thank you for, for coming. <laughs> like, like they, they will be able to, uh, to answer the question if I'm not around. But I'm kind of always around. So... I mean, um, like I'm too old. I'm too old to go out anymore. So I'm not. I'm not terminally <laughs> online. <laughs> Thank you so much again for your time and for talking about this. We could have talked about some of these things for like a whole. She threw a Lego in here, and again, I apologize about the kids, guys. This was not in the plan, but you know, um, don't worry. It's happened, good. and the husband's at work happened, so. <laughs> Luckily, I get to stay home with them and also be able to do this from time to time. And I love doing, doing it during the daytime because I feel like more people engage. And also, you know, it, but again, with kids, it's like, are they yeah, going to be screaming? So thank you guys for living through that. Thank you, Marco, for living through that. Um, <laughs> yelling about Legos, screaming bloody murder, um, whatever they're doing out there. But go to his website. Or go to Amazon, get the book. I'm going to leave my review tonight. I don't like leaving the review until after I have the person on because I don't like want that. you to read it and be like, hey, like, I didn't like that. But it's all good, I promise. Um, where are you going to be next? Is there anything else you wanted to mention before we leave? Um, so basically, I will be um, – oh, that's a good question. Like this weekend uh, on Friday, uh, I'm going to be in Leeds up north here in the U.K., to do to do this, but live, right? And then um, there's something else that has that was supposed to be announced today, but hasn't been announced yet. So I cannot really announce it. But it's another it's another event here in the UK uh, in Leamington Spa, which is um, that's interesting. Lego ritual of the pentagram. Okay, that's a good idea. <laughs> anyway, there, I, I, there will be an, an event here in the UK uh, in a month. In one time, I will announce it properly in Leamington Spa. Leamington Spa was is the the birthplace of birthplace of Aleister Crowley. So it was going to be nice to bring the book where he was born. Um, oh, and then there's something you know I'm trying to make something work for the United States. Uh, I haven't been on a plane in so long <laughs> that I don't even know if I if I want to be on a plane anymore. But uh, you know there's there's been like this idea of moving doing some things in the United States, maybe Los Angeles. Maybe New York, uh, maybe Chicago. New York. I'm on, yeah. the, on, the, I'm on the East Coast, so <laughs> I have to be selfish. You got to the East Coast. Uh, I, you know, if if Sorry, I if I, if, I, if I'm able to do it, I'll try. I'll try to do you know East Coast, West Coast, and maybe somewhere in the middle. Uh, maybe up, maybe two in the middle, up in, in Chicago and Austin, something like that. I don't know. I have ideas, but it's it's more about. Um, yeah, I mean, it's complicated, but I'll, everybody will know when it's so follow uh, when it's him on social media, go on his website, follow him everywhere you can, because he's doing all this cool stuff. And this book is going to grow. And I see like tons of little filaments just popping up around the world because of it and um, taking agency in their own life because of it. So thank you so much for coming on. Hang out backstage when I end the broadcast um, and we have lots of now we started a lego rant in the chat so yep hogwarts lego land <laughs> i love it I, that's like the only toy i like playing with like just legos anyways um lego I, I think i need to do this le lego 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 series <laughs> <laughs> so mark right. coming out with his old lego le <laughs> the telemic temple lego <laughs> i'm just kidding guys he's not actually doing that but he should because we would all buy it <laughs> thank you everybody for joining listening now thank you so later, much um on audio only um come check out the youtube and if you are wanting to listen to this i am now on spotify google and apple how did i forget about apple 
you know, <laughs> but I'm all the things now. So I will have this uploaded within the week. And yes, and I'll see you guys uh, for book club, which I will post the actual date because I have some things to confirm for that. But we're reading, uh, we are reading Earthlight's Revelation, which is about different sorts of lights and how people think they're UFOs, but they might be Earthlights and natural causes, but then they might not be because that's how UFOs are. It, it could even get more con confusing than Crowley at times in UFO land. So um, <laughs> thank you so much again. I will see you thank all you. soon. Have a good, good night. night or evening, middle of day, whatever you are. <laughs>